Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Sussex by the Sea podcast, a podcast about all things Hastings United. In today's show, we have Coach Heritage. That's right, Peter Heritage is on, talking the current squad and working with Aggie and the boys. Also, his career journey and the characters he met along the way. It really was a fascinating chat. Also this week, we have a special feature-length roundtable, where CEO stroke chairman Billy Wood joins us talking time kiln, Chris Agatha's contract, and a whole lot more. Enjoy, Hastings fans. Hello, Chris. Hello, Pete. How are you, mate? I've just, just put my joke book down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, it's, it's a long time coming, this. Uh, I've absolute, oh, shit. I know. Absolute pleasure, mate. It's an absolute pleasure giving us some of your time. Um, yeah, that's what I Didn't even realise a few days, you know, a few days ago you were sixty. You don't look sixty. You look uh, eighty. No, fuck off. Um, well, but yeah, where we start? Because um, you know, you're looking at your career in that, Pete. You you started off. Where was it? At uh, Little Common. Yeah, well, yeah. at the time, Chris, it was um, uh, it was called Albion then. Um, obviously, Ken Cherry was a was a founder of it all. And one thing that, that your big attraction with Albion was, I had two, two of my, my elder brothers played for um, Albion as well, mm. and uh, they we we had a real we had a really good um, youth set up there. Um, but he Ken allowed us to train with um, the senior players as well, so that was all good, and, and we were. I mean, 13, 14, 15. We were so good. The Albion youngsters. We used to we used to play Brighton and over Albion and all the West Sussex sides and beat them. Oh wow! But, um, but it's like in the old in the olden days. If you was East Sussex, you always got oil. You always got overlooked. They almost had a line from the west side of Eastbourne, and if you was born on if you was on that side in East Sussex. You never got you never got picked up or never never got looked at by Brian to, at all. So um, oh, right. that's how it all that's how it all is all started off. Um, and just to give you my life, this is this is my life in uh, sort of one. When I was um, I played for the first team, Albion first team, when they first got into the county league. Yeah, and we had New Haven at home. And I didn't know there was a couple of people there watching me. And mm. uh, I got a hat-trick. We won 4-2. I got a hat-trick playing in midfield. Nice one. And um, there was a scout from Leicester watching me. Oh, right. And uh, anyway, so Ken Cherry then got a phone call. This is all before mobile phones. Got a, um, Gordon Milne was um, the manager of Leicester at the time. Oh, bloody hell, yeah. And... Uh, and they said that my my mum got a phone call from Ken Cherry saying, "Oh, Lester, um, want Peter to come up for a trial, go training at Lester." And she went, "Oh, okay, okay. When when do they want him to go? This was on the Sunday, yeah. so they wanted to go tomorrow, Monday." He said, "She said, well, he can't go. He's got school tomorrow." <laughs> 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 but that's my mum bless her yeah. so that was that's yeah I know that, that was sort of the story bit of a story of my life really so um, no so that was, that's where it all started Elvin was the one that uh, he just, Ken was so good so good with the youngsters um, yeah yeah and he he always gives the youngsters a chance really I mean, stranger enough very much akin to Aggie really Aggie and Brownie you know they're um they they, they do it the right way, so 
that's where it all started off, mate. Yeah, no. All right. You're not going to slag him off at all? Oh, I thought you'd come out with a few stories about him. You're going to be all nice about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he was old teammates at Sydney. Yeah. No, he's his, his favourite player, Chris. Yeah. Was a, a, a we called him Bird. He was at Sydney. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and uh, he was rapid. And we've um, we played like John Lambert. And I always remember Aggie. He knocked one up long. He, 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 Aggie was always going to get it off the keeper and playing like he always was. And uh, we he just managed it. going to say to you yeah so you, you you know so that was how you started off like I, I was reading up on you and um because you've got your own wikipedia do you know did you know that yeah yeah you, you bloody write it probably do yeah but no that, that 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 little bit about that you weren't you didn't start as a forward but then no no center off yeah and and that I wanted to like so you got your first season you went up front it says you got 10 goals and then the next one you got like 30 plus I mean what what happened yeah. what kicked in for well what what happened was Chris um and this is all this they is started giving you the ball yeah no this is where it all comes round I I was midfield for for Albion and then progressed then I went to um at the time when you this is the, the difference in football nowadays our ambition when we was young was Hastings United were the biggest team around mm. so your next step was go to Hastings United that's we, we, we never looked to league football and all that we think oh, that's where you want to be playing at the pilot field mm. so I went to um, uh, under Peter Silly that was um, under Peter Silly I, um, I played centre half and uh, what oh, was I 17, 18, I suppose. I played centre-half mm. under Peter Sillett. Mm. Um, Where did he go on to, Peter Sillett? Is that not Coventry? Who am I thinking of there, Peter Sillett? No, you're thinking of his drug brother, Johnson. Oh, that's it, yeah, go on. Who I played under at Hereford. Oh, did you? Bloody yeah. hell. Yeah, and I always used to say to John Sillett, and talk about chores and talking cheese as characters. <laughs> John said it. I said, I know you. I said, Yeah, I said, I saved your brothers from the sack a few times. I <laughs> no, and uh, what, it, what it was, I was at the back, I played at the back, mm. centre half, and uh, at a time, uh, in goal for Hastings, then, well, there was Jerry Armstrong, and, and, and there were some great players, mm. Matt Stock, and all that, but in goal at the time as well was Tony Burns. Okay. Well, Tony Burns then left a couple of years later and become manager of Tunbridge Angels. All right. And he took myself, John Lambert and Dowie Wilkins up there in the next season with Jack Dalton. Jack Dalton went up there. Mm. who was a big influence in my life. And uh, this is, I was 20. I was 20 then. And uh, he took he took me up there um, and he said, I'm, uh, I'm going to play you up front. I went, oh, okay. He said, oh, and by the way, I'm making you captain as well. <laughs> I went 20, I yeah, was captain at Tunbridge. 
playing under you know uh, Dave Sargent, um, uh, God, so many, so many, um, Mickey Angel, and, and people like that, really seasoned old cane painters, and it, it sort of uh, I wouldn't say made me grow up, but it was um, quite daunting. So he put me up front, and he said, "I think you could do a, a job up front." Yeah, and I was all right. I was I scored a few goals for him, so I've done all right actually. Yeah, so what 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 changed then? What happened with you got ten goals that is that that first season you went there? Yeah, yeah and then what happened the next year? Because obviously you got a, a bag full, didn't you? Thirty two goals, it said. Oh, so what, yeah, what was I, what happened? What what was? Well, I, we was we was there, and it was. Um, I don't know where the thirty two. That must be my last playing the bloody Bexhill, or might have been Bexhill. But we left not long after that. We had a season up there, um, like all sort of. Football, it's something I've a money run out, but bearing in mind I was on about £10 a week. Um, mm. uh, I then, Jack Dalton, we, we, I then went to Bexhill um, with Jack, um, and and that's where it all started then. Then I was uh, scoring goals for fun mm. and went to Sydney and Hastings Town. So, yeah, just, just when I planned at Hastings and Hive and like that, Club, I had, I'm very fortunately for me, I had Terry White, yeah. who just, we used to make eye contact, and I thought he would ping a ball, and I think as long as I make a run, if I make a run, he'd yeah. pick me out. I had him, and at the time with Hastings United, there was Wayne Peacock. And Wayne um, was rapid, and he, I remember he always used to say to me, don't matter where I get it, just make sure you're at the six yard box. Yeah. Most of my goals are headers, to be honest. Um, yeah, so uh, I used to, uh, I used to train, especially sprints. I used to, believe it or not, in the training, what we used, used to do, I used to win all the sprints because I was think, oh, you're quick, so I have to be. I've got to keep, I've got to keep up with um, one beat. <laughs> so it's, that, and that's it. And basically, Chris, that's how it was in the olden days. You know, we, we mm. there wasn't, too much coaching like there is nowadays you know we're mm. pretty much old school running run run um, I was say very fortunate to play under Joe White who um, one bit of advice he always gave me when I was in a six yard box playing up front he said put blinkers on don't worry about what's coming into your side of you mm. here's a ball just hit it yeah, he was yeah, very yeah. much like that and now but that's in the modern day that's changed now now, I look at centre-forwards and it is, right, look, make sure you've got the blinkers, take your blinkers off, and as soon as there's a bit of contact coming in, yeah. go, you know, find the contact. Yeah, um, yeah. And then, and little things like that, Chris, there's lots of stories. I remember um, Anton Otto-Leklowski become the manager of Hastings United. Well, I think it was Hastings Town then. I mean, it changed in it several times. Um and I always remember the one training session under Anton, who he, he was brilliant. Um, Terry White, I tell you the same. I remember doing a training session with Anton. Mm. It lasted two hours. And that two-hour training session was how to run into a box and trip yourself up. <laughs> and, and that was, it, seriously, that was, yeah. and that, that really opened my eyes up for, wow, we, we've never done, we, yeah. we're used to running around a rip pitch um, running up Elphinstone Road, 
doing all that sort of training under Roy Miller down onto the beach along Bottle Alley on a Thursday night. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow, we. And then this, this was all new. And Anton brought that little bit of professionalism, yeah, professionalism. professionalism into it. Um, but that, that was an eye opener. And, and I think that's where Terry White got most of his goals from. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, talking about that, I mean, what, what, so who would you have styled yourself on? Who was like, yeah, you, yeah, as you were progressing as a forward, who did you sort of think you were like? Because I mean, what, how long? What was that? Like nineteen eighty, oh, around eighty. So who's around yeah. then? I mean, because you're West Ham, aren't you? I'm West Ham. Yeah. So who was? I would like to like say Clyde Best, but yeah. no. <laughs> no um, my hero at the time. Um, Strangely enough, was Frank Worthington. Oh, right, okay. I, I loved Frank Worthington, loved him, mm. um, just for how he was. But um, my was character, he? hero is Billy Bonds. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's just my idol. But um, yeah, that's. I was I was just good in the air. I couldn't trap a bat. I, I could trap a ball further than, further than some people could kick it. <laughs> and that was always. That that was it, but you didn't need to control the ball in the olden days. It was you get in the box and we put it in there. So yeah, I think the majority of my goals were probably headers. I would have thought. But uh, yeah, yeah, all right so, then. Okay, right. Yeah. So going on about about you as a as a as a character that I've been seeing like you, you've obviously been called a few nicknames in your time. Yes. Uh, you know, you've got obviously wing. I thought wing commander. That that, that may you wing commander. I see. Yeah, that uh, was down at Hereford. Yeah, that was Hereford. And uh, hey, hey, get a horrible. Yeah, yeah. Hey, go. Um, yeah, that was Peter Beadle, um, who <laughs> we've got become a Hereford United um, manager and went to play for Gillingham and, and uh, went to Tottenham. He gave me hey, got a horrible because I had the big moustache and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that, that stuck, and they, they still call me Hagar as well. I see them all, and they all call me Hagar. Yeah, um, the, yeah Wing Commander. And well, I was going to say actually, you, with with um, the Hereford, you 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 had um, a bit of a cup run, didn't you? Didn't you play against Forest? Yes, yeah, played against Forest, um, which uh, was unbelievable. That was um, well, some stories about that. We um, we was on match of the day. In the previous round, we beat Aylesbury away, I scored. Um, then we went away to, under John Sillett, we played at Woking, where they were giant killers. They were they were the big giant killers, I think. And um, we played away, and we John Sillett said, we're not going there to win, we're going there to get a draw, mm. which we did. He set us up brilliantly. But you would, John Sillett, you would run through a brick wall with him. Yeah. And I just... I was just, it was just one of those traps that, that got the best out of me. But we went there and got a draw and then beat, beat, beat Woking uh, about 3 1, I think, on the replay at Eccles Street. And then, of course, we got drawn against Nottingham Forest away on a Sunday. Oh. And uh, we spent the Saturday, um, we went up to Coventry's uh, training ground, the lodge. Um, Spent the day up there on the Saturday, stayed overnight, and then obviously um, played um, uh, what's it called, Forest Ground, and it what's it called, our old ground, what it used to be. But yeah, that was a uh, great ground. experience. Yeah, it was um, playing against Stuart Pearce, Roy Keane, Des Walker, um, 
that was just Teddy sharing them. Yeah, um, what quality? Oh, it was brilliant. It was it was fantastic. It was um, I mean, even speaking to Brian Clough is you know, <laughs> um, Chris, I, I, this is we had a chap that played for Hereford called Steve Devine that spent a bit of time at Forest and was mm. no Brian Clough knew him. Yeah, and I always remember. It was going to be shown live on TV because the, the, the schedule match that you had on, there was a bit of frost about, so they said mm. this could go live this afternoon, but mm. it didn't. But um, we was all on the pitch walking around like we were, and I was just looking at the pitch and it was like a carpet. But um, anyway, I was talking to Steve Devine and all that lot, and um, next minute, Brian Clough come up behind us. Yeah. And uh, he looked at um, Steve Dwight, his name was Woody, his nickname was Woody. Mm. He went, hello, Woody. He needs Steve Dwight. Hello, boss, you all right? He went, yeah, not too bad. And with that, Brian Clough kicked him as hard as he could. <laughs> and he went, Ow, what's that for? He said, are you playing today? He said, I don't know. He said, but that's just in case you are. <laughs> and walked off. And just walked off. And, you know, uh... you go, wow, what a character. But we had that. Um, I went. Um, I don't know if you remember the game where Clough run on the pitch. I cause I, I QPR. I'm, from, yeah. I'm around that way, and he run on the pitch and belted one of the fans. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was one of the people that was on the pitch, right? And uh, we, we, you know, because obviously we're like, yeah, you know, I was only a kid then. I'm 45 now. And so what, when would this have been about? I was probably about 13 or something like that. Yeah. And I remember, instead of what you would imagine, people wanting to ruck him, everyone's like, yeah, we better get off the pitch then. Yes, <laughs> it was just like this is this is my this is my ground. You <laughs> get off my pitch and get back in the stands, and it was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> it was exactly when we went in. It, when we went into the the, the ground, it, he ruled. He yeah. ruled everything. Um, he, he had a presence. There was a presence about him. Yeah, everything. And we, you know, we spoke to him afterwards, but um, really, really. Um, such a character, but then again, John Sillett was a, a great character as well. He mm. was, um, and they were good friends as well, which was really good. So yeah, we, that was a uh, a brilliant day. Lots of sports up there. Hereford had a, a big travelling support, and I, I managed to get quite a few tickets for people who come up as well from down Hastings Way, which was nice. Oh, nice. But, um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I also see that uh, you you were introduced to Stuart Pearce. Yes, yeah. yeah, Stuart Pearce, um, uh, he's, I thought I had big size, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but he spent, he spent more time in our half than he did in his own half, and that was his, I think that was his way of defending, it was a case, well I'm left back, you just chase me, but the ball come over, the first time, a bit of contact with him, the ball come over, mm. and I went up for a header, and I got up to the ball and thought, oh, yes, I've got this. And he just clattered me. <laughs> and his knee, his knee caught me straight in between the legs. And like, oh, dear. <laughs> but no, he was brilliant. He was, um, it was, but he, the thing that I noticed about Forrest as well, they would never, they never argued with the ref. Yeah. Didn't, didn't do anything. And, uh, and of course, then you got Roy Keane, played against Roy Keane, which was, um, Unbelievably, really good. He was up and down all day long, but um, yeah, we lost two 0 in the end. But they no, scored after about a minute. Yeah, they, 
And I think in the first 15 minutes, I thought they're going to put about 10 past us. But we, we held our own in the end, actually. It was good. Nice. Had, um, Roy Keane was playing and uh, we had our captain was called Derek Hall. And I always remember that one of the standout moments of anything, um, they had a bit of a running battle with um, Roy Keane and Dell, Derek Hall. And mm. um, with that, Dale kicked him, um, Roy Keane, in a tackle. A tackle got great tackling and followed through on him. Yeah. And um, Roy Keane said, you can't do that. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> Dale just turned around and, and I can't... Remember. Yeah, I can imagine. He turned around and he said, I don't care who, don't care who you are, I'm going to kick you. Yeah. But, but it's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it was a, a great, a great occasion. Yeah, and there's obviously Des Walker as well. I mean, he, he was always a class player. So I mean, you, 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 wow. I mean, it's just he was brilliant. Yeah, Des Walker. He never seemed to with Des Des Walker. Never seemed to get dirty. He, mm. didn't, he was he, he didn't run. He just glided. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, he isn't he? Glided. I mean, it's... unbelievable. Yeah, great player. But it was just how quiet they were. That was, was that was stu- stuck out, stood out in my mind. They were quiet. No, obviously apart from Roy Keane. But, uh, yeah, no, Cluffy, wasn't it? Cluffy. Yes, yeah. Cluffy was a big believer in that. Yes, yeah, really, really good. Great occasion. Okay. Well, um, what I'm going to say, is there any, um, I mean, if, what's what's your favourite, because you've been around a few clubs, um, Pete, I mean, is there any, what's your favourite, I mean, is that is that your favourite moment, that, that Forest game, or is it, what, what, no, what's any sort of standout? It's a, closer, that you... it's a bit closer to home than that, Chris. Um, mm. One of our great achievements um, was when I was at Sibley. We won the County League. Um, Dickie Day was the manager, I was the assistant. And we won the County League in, of course, I was 40, 2000, uh, whatever it was, Um, when when there was a lot of money being chopped around in the County League. um, Burgess Hill just ruled it. Won it all the time, but yeah. we actually, but we actually beat them. Uh, we won the county league and the John O'Hara Cup. And as achievements go, for how much I've done, I thought that sort of tops it all. Mm. And then a few years later, I joined Bexhill and we won the Sussex Senior Cup, uh, not Sussex, Sussex Intermediate Cup, sorry, in the Div Three Cup. So um, those little ones for our, our what. I just had a short career, but they were—they're the standout moments for me. They were really something that you, um, I think, because oh, obviously Sibley were um, a lovely club, brilliant club to um, be involved in, and we was all local. We was all local lads, and it, it was a, a great achievement. Oh, oh, great stuff. Well, but just just going back to your playing career just quickly, uh, yeah. Pete. You know, like particularly back then. But how does like you know, as a footballer, how do you make? Because you would you were. Bit of a builder, wouldn't you? Like by trade, were you? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Um, yeah, well, I am. Um, it all come about. I was at um, Hastings United, uh, and at the time, uh, Hive, Hive Town um, had um, a, 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 an owner that uh, that was in the Kent League then, and um, we played. We played Hive Hastings United in the pre-season friendly. And uh, I think it's United, Aysins Town, I can't remember. And uh, I played all right, and uh, they come in for me for about, oh, I, think they, I think they paid Aysins about six grand for me. Mm. And uh, 
I was a ground worker and a self-employed ground worker. And then I got the call. I, I went and joined uh, Hive and, and done all right. I, I played a few, quite a few games from, I think I got 13 goals in about a, a nine game spell and all this lot. Mm. Um, and then, when, then all of a sudden I had a, a, a message come through that, um, yeah. from uh, Neil Cudley. Oh, um, uh, this is on a bank holiday, so uh, um, Jim and them are going to come watch you. I went, oh, right, okay, that. We, we, I think we, we beat them, oh, I didn't score. And uh, I went back to work on a Monday, never thought anything. Then I got a call saying, oh, um, Gillingham, I want you to go up there Thursday um, for a trial and uh, possibly sign on. I went, really? So yeah. I, anyway, yeah. took a day off the Thursday off work and um, met Damien Richardson, went up there and done a bit of training with him. So I'm like, you can sign on. And he, they signed me on. I think they paid 30-odd thousand for 27, no, 27, that's 27,000, eh, for Hive. And uh, so I went from a groundwork on the Thursday and on the Sunday, on the Saturday, sorry, I was out, uh, I'd come on a sub against Scumthorpe. Uh-huh. That was it. So, yeah. Yeah, I had, oh. to tell my, I had to tell my boss, oh, I can't come in tomorrow. <laughs> I'm for but yeah, so, oh, yeah, how it all went. Uh, yeah, the great time. Enjoyed it every minute. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say, because beforehand, I was going to say, how do you marry that up? You know, like, how do you, if you've got work and if you are, um, you're trying to progress in a football career, particularly back then, I mean, how did that, how did you, was it just a balancing act? You just had to get on with it or? Well, to be honest, um, to be honest, Chris, um, we all, everyone wants to play professional football, but I, had, I was twenty-seven, and uh, you know, and I, I just, I loved playing football. It didn't, you know, as long as I, I played football, and so I didn't have big ambitions, and I didn't, I wasn't disappointed that, you know, nothing had come to it. I mean, I, I remember playing for Aston United, and there were scouts there watching the. Uh, when I was playing centre half, no, sorry, centre forward, and there was a scout there watching from West Ham, watching this. We played Barking in a, a, a game, and yeah. uh, I give this centre half a bit of a torrid time. <laughs> um, but you, I, I've never had that. Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this. I, I just love my football. Yeah, yeah. I just love my football, and of course, and when that come on, and then Gillingham said they sign it. There's no agent. No such thing as agents. Yeah. I was earning uh, good money as a ground worker and it worked out what Gillingham were going to pay me was about £10, £10 a week more than what I was getting as a ground worker. <laughs> no signing on fee. Oh, what? A three-year contract. I said, yeah, just put it there and I'll sign it. Yeah. You know, didn't, that was it. And, uh, and yeah, so it, it was it was quite good. Yeah. yeah. Well, if I yeah. an agent, I'd be a millionaire by oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on to your coaching, you sort of the beginning of your coaching career, because you've been assistant. You've been assistant at two places, haven't you? Yes, Sidley was assistant, and um, I was. Uh, I done a bit with Paul Tupney at Bexhill, um, and Chris. Coaching is pushing it. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're not selling yourself got, here, Pete. Yeah, I haven't got any coaching badges. Um, one, again, another little story for you. At Gillingham, um, I was offered the chance 
we played in a pre-season friendly against West Ham and uh, of course with me I was going Queenie Frank McAvenny and Billy Bonds was a manager then and he said to me after going well played you I will walk there but um but we um I was offered the chance then I said we're going to put you through coaching badges I said okay um, where have I got to go he said you need to go to Chapel Heath West Ham's training ground and I just looked at him and said really yeah me go and teach Tony uh, Tony Cotty and Frank <laughs> how to play up front and that's how I was so I yeah. didn't do it so I didn't I, I didn't do it one I wish I had the time over again because it was almost embarrassment you know I think oh god I didn't believe it or not Chris I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself back then you know yeah. I, I'd always I kept myself fit because I just wanted to be fitter than anyone mm. else because no one could say to me, oh, he's not, he's hasn't got the best technique, but I tell you, he doesn't stop running. Yeah, yeah, He doesn't yeah. stop running. That, that's what I based all my game on. So, yeah, I did, I did do the no coaching badges, but, um, but getting back to, I was just a little bit old school, got all bought up old school and old school values, really. Mm. So, if you got read it, you read it. Well, but I was always told as a centre-half, you head it as far as you can and you kick it as far as you can. Yeah. And that's that is basically how I was told to be a centre, uh, brought up to be a centre half as well. Yeah, well, yeah, but I suppose you've got a ton of experience, though, Pete. I mean, you got you literally. I mean, that, that you can have all the badges in the world, but you've been there, done that. You know that that yeah. that lived experience. I mean, in terms of coaching badges, can you um, you could still do them, couldn't you? I could do. I yeah, I could do. Um, Get the old reading specs on and uh, get, oh, you know. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I've been to Mike Truss and um, an old Gillingham colleague. Um, I done a, 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 I took summer kids for him. He used to run a, uh, a um, summer camp for me. I, done, I was all right on that one, but um, I could still do them. But uh, when, I, when I, Aggie asked me to join Hastings mm. um, from East Town. This is how uh, I spoke to Aggie, and I was the old school, always show him inside, always show him inside the wingers and all that. And then I went to Hastings under with Aggie and, and Brownie, and they, it was all showing the outside, and mm. it was all alien to me. And going, I, I'd never, I always remember the first training session with under Aggie and Brownie, and I just come away amazed, thinking, wow, we. Things have really changed. Yeah. But for the better, it was such a great little session. And uh, I just come out from some sessions that they put on and thinking, this is brilliant. I wish I had this when I was younger. I, I wish I had this sort of insight into football at that age. And who knows where it would have gone from there. But yeah, I could still do them, but... Um, I'd still like playing myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um, I tell you, we're going to ask you about it. We, we, you know, with the legends matches. I mean, you must be loving. You, yeah. I mean, I know you try and get out for those, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, obviously the COVID has has buggered up that for a little while. But I mean, any particular yeah. favourite game? Tottenham. We put up by played the first one against Tottenham, where we beat them, and that's always nice. Yeah. <laughs> Any side from Tottenham, that's always nice. Yeah. And, um, Man United game, obviously, is just because of that. But um, 
Og, og det gennem var ofte en um, og played for Cholten uh, Bits as well a few yeah. years, a couple of seasons ago but I love it I love getting involved in that and, and also good causes as well Chris mm. but um, it's you mean we still no matter what what age you are I mean they are legends at the Man United Tottenham players mm. you, you're still in awe of them you think oh Christ almighty yeah. look at this you know Frank Stapleton yeah. oh you saw what you on telly yeah. you know and uh, and And you know, on a, uh, what's his name? No, the Tottenham game. You know, playing it. I knew, I knew Justin Edmund from when he was at Southend. Played against him. Yeah. And what, what, what a chap he was. You know. Yeah. Bloody rest in peace. He's, he, yeah. he was fantastic. So it's nice to uh, catch up and reminisce with people about that. It's, it's, it's very good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what I was going to say to you, right? Well, seeing as you're like. I mean, you're saying you're not a coach. You are a coach. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you are very qualified. What? Uh, have, have, have? Have? Do you find like? Um, I'll, I'll switch this the other way around, right? So, have you yeah. got? Have you got any favourite pranks that's happened to you, or that you've pulled off? You know, any, 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 any banter that you've you've been involved with that you're willing to talk, <laughs> that you're willing to mention. Um, What before or after the game or during the game? Um, let's we could do both. Let's do what well, during the game. During the game first. Go on. Well, I, no, I, I'll tell you what I do, and I won't mention any names. Okay. It's when I was playing for Sydney, mm. and we had a certain player for us that's <laughs> associated with Hastings United now. Okay. And um, we had this uh, lad player for us called Andy Hales. Okay. And we was away at Arundel, I think we was, and he come down um, in all this smart stuff. We said, oh, where are, you, where are you going then, Andy? What are you doing? He said, I'm proposing to my girlfriend tonight. Oh. Went, we went, oh, that's brilliant. Um, that's, oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Well, this certain oh, poor, person... Poor lad. We Alzi went out onto the pitch and done his <laughs> Managed to um, cut his trousers <laughs> trousers <laughs> short and put DP in his pants. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's that one thing. I can't say who this person. Yeah, of was. course not. Of course not. No, but he manages Aces United. <laughs> <laughs> No, we, yeah, um, just everything. I mean, what, what the thing with me, I, I have a, a great outlook on life, you know, I like to think I do, but although it was a jokey side to me, it was when once I, once the game was on, you know, that, but my attitude changed yeah. as soon as I got onto the pitch. Well, I'm going to have a laugh, but um, no, nah, there's, there's a few. Most, most, of the, most of the times with me, it's just, I encourage. That's what I'm. You know, I'll, I'll always look for positives in in things. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we can all we can all find fault in players, but um, I'm a great one. When they do something well, then you need to encourage them to keep doing it. And if they do something wrong, my, my you know, no one make, means to make a mistake on a football yeah. pitch, but you just have to encourage them to do it better next time, or you know, or. Uh, throw a few things into them, but um, but no, I, I just as long as I'm, I just want to be a positive uh, 
um, influence in the dressing room, really. Um, one, because it's, it's the good cop, bad cop scenario, isn't it? You know, you, mm. you're always going to, you've, you've got to have that. You've got to bounce off of each other. Yeah. And hopefully, that you know, the, the lads um, appreciate it. Um, and also, I can still do my bit on the football pitch because in training a couple of three months ago, I actually helped jump to Craig Stone. Oh, did you? <laughs> and you haven't reminded him about that at all, have you? Only <laughs> 20 times. I even, I even went on social media, on Facebook, yeah. and let his missus know. <laughs> See, that's good. See, that's good of you. That's what it's for. That's what well, it's for. Well, yeah, just to keep me on his toes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's, what's the banter like with the players? Because obviously you're from a different era, Pete, you know, like, and, and a lot has changed, um, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it could be that different. I think you know, if you people, all, all, everyone likes banter. What, what? I mean, what's it like with the boys now? Um, well, when you got Gary Offick in there, um, I'm very fortunate to play with Gary's dad, to be in football with his dad when he was at Hastings. Oh, so, no. um, okay. he just comes in and that this. The lads just bounce off of each other. That's good. It is, um, what a dressing room. It is an unbelievable dressing room. Um, there's no clicks. There's jokes. For, I'll always go in there for, always go in, um, tell them a few 1970s, 1980s jokes. <laughs> um, I know some of the young lads just look at me and go, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, it hasn't changed that much. It doesn't. I mean, we all joke about the same things, yeah. you know, some things. But you know, um, it's just it's it's brilliant. I've never. It took me a while to get used to it, but um, but since Gary's coming, Stone is coming, Kenny's there, Sammy Adams there. You've got the quiet ones and then the the loud ones. Yeah. But they just it just gets them going. Um, when Gary talks before the game, well, you you want to get out and play yourself. Yeah, that's that's always. But it's it's a good dressing room. We've got a great dressing room and a good spirit amongst the lads as well. Oh, that's excellent. So, uh, but but I tell you what, uh, I have to say, Pet, I could keep you on the phone for a couple of hours, mate. But I mean, let's go to let's. See, but you you'd, you'd get bored. The the the, the uh, let's let's oh, talk about. <laughs> The, the, let's let's go on, man. Let's talk about so, so so Aggie's brought you in, yes. And I mean, let's talk about Aggie and 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 and, and Brownie. Let, sorry, Chris Agata and, and Andrew Brown. But what what? Let's talk about them. I mean, how, how does you you your you know your management team like that you're part of? Like, how's it all work? And 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 tell me tell, tell me how we all get on. Well, um, how it all works. Um, Aggie um, and Brownie um, are tight, really tight. They, they believe in the same things, which is good. Um, I've just come along and, and Aggs will always ask my, our advice, what do I think? And you, you give them a the straight answer. You know, mm. we might not agree on everything, but, um, but our aim is to improve. And like I said to Aggs, you know, at the end of the day, he's a manager. So yeah, exactly. It is. We go with what he wants. 
you know, if it doesn't work. But, but the great thing about um, them both, I'm, I'm very much one that will watch the ball while it's going on, where Brownie <laughs> is watching everything apart from the ball. <laughs> so you can see the setup. Oh, he should have been here. And I'm thinking, oh, should he really? I don't do that. Mm. But they've got a, they've got a great way at half time, we don't go into the dressing room after. We we talk about before we go into the players, and they got a great. They they change the system to suit. They they do that. They they tweak things, and I just sit there and go, I didn't even see that. They, mm. But they, yeah, they, they and they're good lads. Actually, we get on really well. We, we do get on really well. I mean, all of us. Ben Cornelius is another one as well. You know, mm. he gets does the goalkeepers. So everything is aimed at just improving, everyone improving. And we know we're not going to play well all the time. You know, yeah. you don't play many games. We're going to hit in the league. As someone always said, you probably play to your top six or seven games. Then you're mediocre, mediocre. And then you'll be 10 games where you don't play so well, but it's yeah. all about the results. And that's what that's what we do. That's how uh, that's how it's worked out. But I must say that the, the training sessions, if people could see how much work they put into them, the preparations for training are outstanding. I've never known anything like it. Yeah, it's really it's a great club to be around as well. Yeah. No, I don't. Two good people. Two good people. I've obviously, I, I, I spoke with them on the on the podcast before. Yeah. Obviously, Andrew last week and, and Aggie about a month yeah. or two ago, and they they just sing your praises and they that that you know they say how much you bring that yeah. personality and and your voice that they listen to as well to to yeah. the team. I mean, it's uh, well, and your wealth of experience, Pete. Yeah, that's yeah. But the sick they've under. Like I say, Chris, you have to. It's a positive. I've always had a positive outlook in life anyway, you know. Yes, there's, there's some things that, that you're, like I said, it's a good cop, bad cop thing. Mm. Nothing goes, it's, it's a non-league game at the moment. People are going to make mistakes. So you, you've got to get to know people, the ones that you can shout at and, and to try and yeah. get them, or the ones you've got to praise them. And most people nowadays, it's all about praising them. You mm. know, you, 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 you've got to praise them, but yeah, I hope that as long as I bring something in, jokes, the, the jokes are the best part of it. <laughs> do, they, do they work on Popey then? No. No? Is he, he, don't, no. he don't get it, does he? I mean, do you, do you have to knock him about a bit, you know, a few slaps, or uh, is he one yeah. that you've got to be really, really nice to? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> what with Popey, yeah. um, I'd, I'd I mean, He's, he's what a what a, what a sensation he's been since Absolutely. he's come here, and he's, he's, he's really. And what I try to say to any centre forward, mm. you judge, you're not just judged on goals. You know, I, I was one. I was um the one that um I I took as much pleasure making goals as I did scoring them, to be mm. honest. And and that is exactly the same for Popey. He's, he doesn't just contribute. His goals are brilliant, but his yeah. contribution. Oh yeah, Jesus! Um, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. But he don't get my jokes, Chris. <laughs> what about Kenny? Well, does, does. Does, does Kenny does? Kenny's got to get your Kenny jokes. Does, yeah, yeah, yeah Kenny you're right. Does. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I go back a long way with Kenny. We were yeah. in Sydney together in Eastbourne Town, and again, he's another one. 
He um, started well, and he getting the goals as well. I mean, what what happened? I'll tell you what the, the secret, the Ken. I'll tell you what the secret. Yoga. <laughs> <laughs> you have to know yeah. when before the game. I go out with him at the moment. We ping Ken's a he pings an unbelievable ball. Mm. He can do anything. We used to go shooting practice before the Eastbourne Town games. Yeah. And Ken is one. If it hits in on the knee or off the bum or anything, that don't count as a goal. Oh, Even right. during the game, he wants to hit an unbelievable sweet volley top corner. Yeah. That's Ken's. That's what Ken wants to do. Yeah. So when we do the shooting practice, he will catch one and it will go in like a rocket. Yeah. And I just say, can we leave it at that? Yeah. It? That's <laughs> it. And that's it. And that's it's getting to know people. But mm. yeah, he's... he's his contribution again another one in the in the dressing room we've got so many characters mm. so and it's a great influence around the younger lads as well oh, okay all right well listen pete i mean other than um if you've got anything to say to the hastings fans oh that's, well i've been lucky in the last few years playing or oh, in the front of not playing um being involved with eastbourne town who've got great support mm. but um, and the, the Hastings supporters um, we're doing it for them that's it but a lot of, so, you know it's their club and the atmosphere in, for the last few games I know obviously we got the um, Corona yeah but um, just keep coming back and supporting us and, and, and supporting Billy I mean Billy Woods is he's Taking the club, I think, to another level at the moment, you mm. know. And I got on really well with the old, you know, Dave and Tony Cousins and all that. But some Billy's coming in and just, just freshen things up a little bit. And uh, we, we, we are really we, we speak to them. We the supporters. We're on first name terms with a lot of them, and uh, we really do appreciate them. And just hopefully, we get a bit of justice this year. Um, yeah. And win the win the league, um, or if it starts up again, because um, I mean, I thought the way the season ended last season, well, like last season, Null and Boyd. Yeah. I think that. Um, yeah. Yeah, we all. Yeah, we all. Yeah, it, no, it was. That was, sick, that wasn't was it? a real. It was a real kick in the teeth for a lot of us, actually. So, but um, yeah, as long as they, they keep turning up and keep believing, then what they see on the pitch is um. That's a lot of hard work gone into that. So we do them proud. Hopefully, and they do us proud as well. We, we appreciate everything they do and they travel in numbers, which is brilliant. When I see on Twitter, like, they're travelling up by train, making their own own way by train. Mm. Thinking, That's proper support, really. Mm. Yeah. No, all right. Well, Pete, look, it's an a- absolute pleasure, mate. I mean, there, yeah. uh, there's uh, loads of things. I'd love to have you back on again. I've probably missed half of the things I wanted to talk to you about. No, but, um, no, no worries, Chris. That's but, fine. Yeah. Anyway, listen. You take care and have a good day. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Cheers, Chris. Thank Cheers, you, mate. mate. Take care. Yeah, mate. Bye, See you, bye, mate. Bye. bye. And here's a little something for the great Pat McCrossan, if only a day late. It's a birthday, go, 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 it
Song Pick of the Week. Still no winner, Hastings fans. 
and I must say a big thank you to all those that have responded. I was genuinely surprised at the take-up, but let's keep this going. I'm going to give it till episode 15, and if we don't have a winner, me and Pat will draw the winner out of a hat of all those that have sent in. So more reasons, Hastings fans, to get those guesses in sharpish. Anyway, over to Pat with that big question. We're talking Sussex by the Sea quiz. We've got a quiz master, the quiz master general, Pat McCrossan, and he's got a question for you. Okay, so in the 2014-2015, we actually strayed off the path of Sussex by the Sea on no fewer than three occasions with three different tunes. One of them was Cyril Stapleton, a throwback to the 80s. What were the other two songs slash tunes? that we used as an entry for the player. That's the question. That is the question. Do you have the answers? Don't tell yeah, us yet. Yeah, don't tell us yet, Pat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what do the fans win if they win the quiz, Pat? Okay, so whoever gets the correct answer, we will get them a shirt of their choice. Be that home, away, or third. Okay. And uh, I've, heard, I've heard a rumour that you're going to present the shirt Yourself, Pat? I will present the shirt and if they like, I will show them around the boardroom and show them what life's like behind the scenes on a match day. Oh, well, wonderful. Brilliant. Well, who wouldn't want to send in for this? That's excellent stuff, Pat. Yeah, you know, we love our supporters. We, you know, they, they do a lot for us, so just putting in for something, you know, like this back is, is a real pleasure. Right, all you need to do, Hastings fans, to get this fabulous prize and stadium tour by the great Pat McCrossan is write in with the correct answers to hufcpod at gmail.com or DM me on Twitter at hufcpodcast. Here's a special fan roundtable. Thanks to Ryan, Adam, Kev, Andy, John and Robbie, and of course our special guest, CEO Billy Wood, for making it happen. Uh, Rye, I was just having some banter with Rye about um, England aren't that bad. And uh, the little naughty Israeli that he is uh, is uh, gloating. To be fair, his first World Cup would have been 2006. And he would have been two, I think, Ryan. Yeah. would have been two in 2006. So. <laughs> what have you been saying about me while I've been gone then? Oh, well, the usual. <laughs> yeah, the usual. No, we're just saying about the England game, right? You said that we were going to get stuffed. And I was, you know, I was trying to retort and then... Belgium scored. First World Cup you remember, though. Mine was 2002. It's the first one I properly remember. Well, my first one was 2010 because I'm actually half South African, so that was quite a special World Cup for me when I was younger. Huh. All right. Mine would be 82 would be the first one I remember. Oh, Andy, wait, you're, you're going to beat me, Andy. Come on. Uh, what ones do you remember? Very old. The, one, the one I have, va- I have vague memories of 1970 and that's purely because my memory is not so much the football but my mum was pregnant with my sister and I remember my mum being pregnant at the time when we were sitting around and I, and I don't remember the football at all but I just remember it because my mum was on the verge of having my sister oh, okay. so that's the, the and I remember the world cup being around and I have vague memories of, that's of a bank save one isn't it when you yeah. saved it from Pele yeah, isn't yeah. It? 
Yeah. I was just about to say, when he did that save, did that force your mum into labour? That's no, I, I think um, I think no, that was a trip to Sainsbury's. Funnily enough, oh, was it? Oh, okay. Another, yeah, going off the tangent. Yeah, we didn't have a car, no. so we went to Sainsbury's by train in Tunbridge. That was an, that counted for an adventure in those days. Does <laughs> <laughs> at the moment, to be fair. Uh, but, but speaking of famous English goalkeepers, I think we have to just take a moment. Rest in peace, Ray Clements, oh, yeah. one of the finest England goalkeepers of his time. He, he never. Yeah. He would have got so much more games if he wasn't around the shields in time, sort of thing. He kept him out the side so long. Mm. Yeah. Do, do you know who I feel sorry for? I feel sorry for the third choice keeper at that time, Joe Corrigan. That's it. So he, he, he was just like, to, he would have just sat there like, yeah, this is this is fun, isn't it, guys? Uh, coming on. He, he wasn't. Oh. We had some everyone. Keepers, don't, yeah, don't say anything bad about Billy Wood, right? Stop it. I told you. Enough you're right, Billy. Yeah, you're right, Billy. Uh, I'm all right. How are you guys? Everyone well? All right. Hello. Yeah, yeah. We're not bad, Jesus mate. Christ. Billy, casual, the most casual I've ever seen, Billy. Oh, very casual. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Great jumper, chilling. It's great. <laughs> no football to worry about. It's brilliant. <laughs> well, you're not watching the England game, are you? No, of course not. Oh, yeah, you don't. Oh. You're not missing much, trust me. No, <laughs> shocking, shocking start. Good goal. Good goal by the Belge. Um, we, we, there's a few people have just blown us out. George has completely blown us out. Wow. Uh, wow. John, John, John Aguiat Wills has blown us out at a late stage because I think he was worried that you were going to ban him. All right, okay. Um, don't blame, I don't blame him, to be fair. Yeah, to be fair. I mean, you know, I just thought, you know, once someone official comes on to just bury him, finally, he's, <laughs> he's, he's shit himself, hasn't he? So, um um, he, didn't fan, he didn't fancy doing that her out whilst I was on there. Yeah. Well, because we know that the contracts, the pen, the pen, the ink on that contract that Aggie has signed, the new contract, is, is still just drying as we speak, isn't it, Billy? It's out there, that's for sure. It is out there, isn't it? Yeah. The truth is out there. Well, well, we can talk about that if you want. Yeah, we can talk about a lot of things. Um, yeah. Yeah. Billy, it's an absolute pleasure for having you on, mate. Um, I don't know if you know the... I know, you, you obviously... You, got Robbie we've got Rye and we've got Andy yeah. here um hopefully we might have a few more on um so we really love love that you uh, want to be on um oh, brilliant it's great it's great it's great to I think that's the the fun of the fun of doing what we do is the interaction with the supporters that that's the best part of it is the fact that all your hard work off out uh, behind the scenes pays off on match day and then obviously what the the lads and what Chris does you know, on the pitch is kind of the, you know, it's the, it's the cherry on the top of the cake and such, but everything else, meeting the fans, chatting with the fans and, and spending time with the supporters. That's what we do it for because without, without the supporters, there's no club. It's, there's no point doing what we do with, without, without that. It becomes really, really mundane, but the best, the best time of my week is Saturday afternoon at the pilot field. Best time by far because Obviously, in COVID, we have to a little bit, a little bit more kind of held back. But I love going around and chatting to everyone. It's, it's, it's the, it's the absolute ultimate, and it's the best part of the job. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, no, my wife just harassed me. I've got John Wills trying to ring here. Yeah, John Wills. On. John Wills. <laughs> you not talk much yourself. I just want to hear this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can't make it. Uh, John oh, Wills. John Wills is going to try and join join from his car. So he's oh, wow. going to, I think he's dogging somewhere. Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Where's George anyway? What's George's excuse, Robbie? Probably he's got a few entertainment knowing George. 
Yeah. Yeah. Does she pay by the hour? <laughs> I think the one he goes is a, is a group on, you know. That's what he goes for. <laughs> Thought he's going to be playing serenading with his piano. <laughs> he's done that before. I bet. Go to the pub on the piano. Oh, look at I'll crack out some lovely tunes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you can do it, do it. That's what I'd oh, say. 2 0 Belgium. Good free kick. Oh. Glad I'm not watching that. <laughs> Still only 1 0 to the Czech Republic, so. Oh, 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 Israel's losing. Oh, it's a shame, isn't it, Roy? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, it's just he's he's been going on our crap England are, uh, Billy. And uh, so it's a damn shame that uh, Israel's losing to Czech Republic. But Billy, I, I did actually get a few questions um, sent to me about things to ask you while you're on. Yeah, sure. Um, so, but Aggie no, out, yes or no, is, from John Wills. Well, I've sent him a bloody link. He's useless. If, if he comes on... And if there's any people's bottoms in the picture, that's not down to me, okay? I warned all of you, right? Um, so this isn't me asking this question, all right? Sorry. Just so you know. Um, why is there always a lack of information on departures and injury updates? I think that's actually a little bit unfair on the club. So mm. we can't put out departures until it's done. So... We got a lot about the whole Adam Lovett situation. What's going on with Adam Lovett? Why, why, why are we finding out? Why are we not finding anything out? And the truth of the matter with Adam was there was no information to give. So I think what we can't do, and I'm sure people know it when, when I go around the ground and chat with people. People ask me questions. I won't hide from an answer. So if, if, if people want to ask questions, I'll, I'll give them. So, oh, where's Adam? Well, Adam's probably not coming back, but... There's no news on where Adam's going. Now we all know where Adam is going. Um, and that's been something that's been going on for a while and still not finalised um, our end, let's just say. There's still some way to go with that. Um, but he will be a Sutton player, subject to um, what it looks like it's going to end up going to an FA tribunal. So... That's why you can't give information if you don't have the full information to give. It's like, for example, I think this season more than ever, if someone leaves the club, we've, to we've told you they've left the club. Raheem Sterling Parker, for example. Um, once again, if the guy has not been released and is still, we still hold his registration, regardless if he's playing or not, how can you announce that he's gone? Because he's not. He wasn't gone until we said he was gone. So he went that week and we released his registration, I think a couple of days before we announced it. And, and it was a simple case of waiting to hear back from our secretary that he was released before it went, it went out publicly. Uh, another one being obviously the Aaron Capon one. I think that was very quick. I think um, he, w he was announced as soon as he was announced elsewhere. And, and, and you have to just let that be. I think, with injuries, I think every week, if you, if you look at the... I, I know people don't always read the Hastings Observer, but they speak to Chris every week now, pretty much. And Chris will give an injury update and it will be on the, even in the paper uh, or on one of their links they put out on the Fridays. So I, I think that's unfair to say. I think what people get upset about is not knowing why people aren't in the team. It's like, where's Sam Crutwell been for the last couple of weeks? And... Everyone expects that we should be messaging and saying, I don't know, 
this is why Sam Cropwell or you know is not playing. But it's one player in a in a, in a squad. You know, yeah. it's not. I think. I don't know. I just think it's a really not harsh because it, I love you know everyone's entitled to their opinion and how quick information comes out is is a, is a bane of mine too because on the PR front I would love us to have the best press you know best press team that we possibly can but the fact of the matter is we we do operate in budgets and I do a lot of the press stuff so <laughs> it, it is a bit tough but with regards to with regards to stuff like that, it's only going to get better and better as things go on. But we're not just going to share information for information's sake. We're going to share the right information at the right times when we can. And I think Adam Lovett's situation is one that has proven that is he signed, he signed for Sutton and then we announced that he signed for Sutton. Very similar when a player signs for us. If you see a player sign for us, the announcement normally comes from us and not the other team. So don't expect it the other way around for Hastings United because it just won't be. Uh, and that's kind of it but everyone's entitled to their opinion the one thing I would go on that on the communication is the website so we're going through a transition and it's not been smooth and I'm first to admit that Uh, we've moved from one place that was was done nicely it was done nicely but if I told you how much it was going to cost us to change a logo on a homepage it's more it would have been more than some people's monthly wage so we moved to a, a new site and we've had our issues with that in the, in the sense that how it was built, the admin behind it are changing things so we can, our end, myself and a couple of members of the team, can edit things quickly and get things done quicker. The one thing that we've seen a lot of is Bob's reports and previews are up straight away on the website now because Bob can do that. We're now trying to get Scott White being able to load the photos up on there as well. So we've got um, enough space to be able to have, have you know, a library per match rather than what he puts up on social media, which is four pictures. Um, there's going to be, for example, Ryan's going to have access as well for the women's reports that he does. So then he's not relying on it going for an admin. He can go and do it himself. And with that, with the team building in that sense, it will become a lot smoother. The one thing we found is the fixtures are linked to a particular website that when it changes, it doesn't change everything. So it will change the date, but it won't change the time. And then you won't notice the time until later down the line, or it'll say a Tuesday kickoff is 3 p.m. When let's be honest, if we're playing at 3 p.m., well, we all might skip work and go to it, but we're not going to. So it's, and then it's never going to be a 3 p.m. kickoff on a Tuesday. So it's, it's those little things that have been a bit of a problem, but they're going to be ironed out and it's just, having a bit of patience on that front. However, whilst the website is important, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, there's an, I don't believe there's a club better than us at that, especially at our level of football with the information that we, we release on, the, on those pages. But, you know, the, the thing about players moving on, I understand how, how close the, the club's got to keep their cards to their chest. I mean, the injury thing, it would be great. In my, I mean, I didn't know that the Observer... Did yeah, that. I don't. I don't. I, I think I do. what happens is, I think I think Bob does too. I think Bob does in his preview. I think sometimes, mm. not every every time, because he probably hasn't got always the injury updates. But Bob will slap it in there if someone's available or not available or or whatever. And I think it's not worthy of a post or it's not worthy. It's worthy of because just also let's be frank. Does Aggie want to want the team the team on the Saturday to know on the Thursday who who, who we got playing? Yeah, probably not. Fair so. Enough, yeah. 
we're a little bit smarter with that. Hello, Adam, by the way. Adam's joined Hello. us. Hello, Hello, sir. Hello, sir. We're asking some questions for Billy. Please, throw um, some out there. John Wills is still avoiding coming on. I don't know. He's, Adam, he's currently dogging in, in somewhere near Canterbury. Oh, is he? I thought he was playing with his Lego. <laughs> Not this week. Given the fact that we're sort of in a lockdown, it's a bit of a, bit of a shame sort of missing the football, but it's still nice to see the interaction still going on on the, on the social media. Well, that's it. I think we, anyone who experienced the last lockdown with us, which was hell from a football point of view, I think it was a great time for us as a club that we really interacted with people, you know, through the, through the medium of social media um, and and did as much as we possibly could. Like, for example, like we were doing shopping for, for people. We were going out, making visits to some of the older fans. So driving out to Rye um, to see a couple of fans, a couple of fans out on the sticks as well, just to make sure everyone's all right. Because it was such a tough... The la- I feel like the last lockdown was a lot tougher than this one. Uh, you know, without even though we were out football and we were abiding by all all the government guidelines, it doesn't feel when you drive around. It doesn't feel like we're in a lockdown in the slightest. Uh, I, went, I went for a walk at the park yesterday, and the kit there was. This is what I don't understand. So, you, you walk in the park and there's kids all over all the um, all the climbing frames, like loads of kids. Like It's not just one or two, there's yeah, loads. Three of my kids were on the yeah, climbing there, frames there yesterday. Sorry, so mate. all over the, that, it's not, I don't, I don't mind, but <laughs> everyone's out doing all their bits and bobs, right? So these kids, and I'm talking, there must be 20, 30 kids on, on you know, over in Beck, I was over in Bexall at the time, Edgerton Park. And okay. you're looking at it and thinking, well, if these kids can do that, why can't full, t- you know, Kid, under under eighteen kids, you know, the the, the seven seven aside kids, you know, for under nines, tens, and elevens, and eights and whatnot. Why can't they still play football? Yeah. It like you know, they all still go to school. They're all still doing. Why can't they still interact with each other in in that medium? Now, our academy has been fantastic. I don't know if anyone's seen the updates online. Um, all the kids are out doing runs. You know, it, it's brilliant to see that that all these young lads are, are really taking it seriously. And it's also good to see when you, you pop down the seafront and stuff, so many young kids out and about in Hastings United stuff. It's brilliant. And yeah, just, it, it gets me a bit. But going back to the lockdown thing, I think me and Chris spoke, to, spoke about a lot, especially in this lockdown, is just be prepared for when you come back. There's no point waiting to come back. You've got to be ready to go. For example, the women's team today, uh, I've been seeing that loads of those girls have been out doing, getting locking, you know, clocking up their miles as well, um, doing stuff that was set by the coaches. Just keep ahead of the game, keep ahead of the curve, and and keep the pressure on when they all come back, because we will come back, and when we do, we don't want to be unfit or, or or trying to get back to where we were. We need to be fitter and prepared to to really go win every single trophy we possibly can win, men and women's. Hi, Billy. Um, Andy here. I think um, nice to speak to you. I, not, we've never met in person yet, actually, at the ground or anything like that. The um, yeah, the lockdown thing is insane. It does seem that it's just small businesses and um, and small pubs, small restaurants, small shops, and that that's suffering, and everyone else is carrying on as normal. Has to be said, which is um, yeah. does does make you pr- pretty annoyed. Uh, yeah, only on the communication thing. It's quite noticeable. Have you had much uptake on things like the app and that sort of thing? Because that's 
quite a noticeable because I remember because I yeah the old website was getting pretty rickety, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, in fact, I I asked about Adam Lovett on this forum last last week purely because um, as such an important player, I was and he seemed so keen to get away and it had been dragging on. So that's one of the main reasons I asked about it. Really, it was just yeah. as such a key player. It was just no, interesting as to what was happened. So the app. Just to let you know, the app. Yeah, so the, so the app and, and yeah. I actually joined Twitter, for example, to get more info. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, the app, the um, Hastings United app, which has been quiet for the last week, but there's lots of stuff that's going to go out next week on it. Um, and I'm sure if anyone's downloaded it, you'll know that on match days you get notifications of the lineup, and it, it's become it's actually become brilliant for us. And we do some like notifications on that about tickets and stuff like that in advance, so people kind of the app users. People can moan and, and whatever about, oh, well, I don't have X, Y, Z social media. I don't know. But that, but as a club, we have to move with the times too. So the app, which I was expecting probably 100 downloads, we've had over 600 downloads of that already, which completely surprised me. Um, well, that, sounds, that does sound like a lot. Yeah, a hell of a lot. A hell of, the developers were shocked as well. They were very, very shocked. And they, and they look after, these developers look after some some decent named celebrities that have apps as well and were shocked how quick the uptake was for our app. Really, really shocked by it. Um, but, you know, it's available on iOS and Android. Um, so it's out there. And it's an easy way for us to, as a club, communicate quick messages with the fans direct. It's like getting a text message from, from anyone. It's, but it's from Hastings United. So nice bit of information a link if you need a link to go somewhere, whether it's to buy a ticket, to read a news article, to read a match review or match report. But it's just a call to action and it's an idea for us to to kind of hit that core demographic of fans. But like you say, 600 people, it says a hell of a lot about Hastings United Football Club, that 600 people want to download an app, that 600 people go to, like, not all, but everyone seems to have, have keeps their notifications on so you can see that how many people go to the call of action and it's incredibly high, incredibly high. And it shows me where Hastings United Football Club's going. It upsets me in a lot of ways that in the modern world, and you've got to look at major football clubs as well, to get a ticket to a lot of these major football clubs and to Hastings United now, you do need to be online. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it, I, I get the frustrations with it. When I, when I chat to some of the older fans, I get it, you know, and I get on, as anyone knows, I get on with the old, older fan base quite well and spend a lot of time with them. Um, and there's some of them that Dutch don't use the internet and I try to do what I can for them so they can come to watch Hastings United. But we have to, we're, we're getting more, more professional as the weeks go on at the club and we have to, everything has to kind of move with that. Like I haven't got the time or, or the capacity to sit in an office nine to nine till five, let's just say, hoping that someone walks past and buys a ticket. That's why there's a. That's why we we are you know we sell online. That's why we've just done. We've actually just done a ticketing deal with one of the major national brands that that have just become our exclusive ticket buy um, ticket company. So that'll be announced next week as well, which is great for the club. A very a very good move for the club. Um, and will make it a lot easier than me getting those messages about big cartel. Mm. It tells me I've got to use PayPal, you know, which it doesn't. You just, you just have to read it, read, read through it a little bit. But 
it's these little changes and stuff that that will make the club better. It's people like Ryan. It's people like you know Bob, and it's people like those like guys that that deliver the information that much more articulated than I could ever do. Um, those guys will will help furthermore on on the information feed, and that will only help and help the bigger picture of what I'm trying to do at the football club. Yeah, I don't. I think um, embracing modern technology doesn't have anything to do with the core values of the club as a local club can stay the same. That's the message to get across, isn't it? Maybe you could hold silver surfer sessions in the clubhouse or something to get all those people online. Oh, hundred percent. I'd love to, you know, the amount of people for a little um, online tutor, tutor, you know, coffee morning or something, get all the old boys in. That would be quite funny. I actually had to, I, I was on the phone, someone called the office and I was in, in the office and, how do I get tickets? I'm, I'm explaining the website and they're like, hold on a minute. You can hear in the background, fud, 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 fud. <laughs> I hit hitting like, it must've been a keyboard they were hitting. Well, I hope it was anyway. And, you know, I, I had to walk, literally walk them through every single stage of the website and, and I'm fine to do that. I don't mind. My time isn't precious, right? It, my time is to give back to the supporters. So me spending 10 minutes chatting to someone to help them buy a ticket no big deal at all. And at the end, oh, so sorry, I've you know, wasted your time. I'm like, it's not a waste. If I've helped you learn how to buy a ticket, how is that a waste of time? Hopefully you remember and do it again. And now you've got to do it on a whole new site when we launch the next load of tickets after lockdown. So my apologies to that fan and that fan particularly. Well, if that's the case, you've got the new one. I can make a like, video you can put out to show people where to go, what to press, how to do it, and then upload yeah. it for you. That'd be brilliant. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate that. And like this club, this club's all about everyone pulling together and doing bits for it. You know, it's it's not. We're not an exclusive format, for example. So I don't look at the club and go, "Well, no, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I'm doing that." Everyone else, you know, back off. For me, the most the amount of people that can help out the football club as as we look to grow, the better, because the tasks take time and, and Ryan, Ryan obviously being one of our volunteers will, will, will kind of back me up on this is if I did everything right, if I tried to, and I don't get me wrong, I, I run, if anyone sees me on match day, I will run around to do anything for anyone. Right. But if I do everything, so many other things won't get done. So the fact that I never have to worry about the PA, never have to worry about that because it's brilliant on both men's and women's games I was literally all I have to do is look up and it's fine. It's done. It works. It's great. The fact that Sam has Sam and her bar staff ruled, run the roost perfectly at the bar. I don't have to worry about that. Rule, rule the, the roost. Bar. Rule the roost. Oh, Sam does. Definitely. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, you know, regarding as well? the, the merchandise store, the making the changes to that and seeing the, the success we're having with that this season with limited crowds makes me wince at the fact that what we could be doing if we were back up to the 800,000 people mark, uh, it makes me cry, to be honest. But it, we'll get there again. We will get there again at some point. But we're doing, that's doing fantastic. And the changes we made there, on top of that, all those little things, because now they're ticking, I'm not panicking, not panicking, but I'm not, I've still run around, but I'm not on edge. 
and I can enjoy the day a little bit better. And it's, it's getting better and better and better as time goes on. I think that's one, all I was going to say, sorry, if if you need expertise in certain er areas of help in certain areas or anything like that, you'd probably be amazed. I mean, for example, I worked in IT for, oh God knows, 35 years or something. So if you want expertise in any areas, there must be tons of people, the family is getting so diverse now that you should put calls out and, and, you know, ask when you work, if you have ideas or, or want people to help with things. So I bet your bottom dollar, there's a lot of people out there, quite a lot of untapped potential for that sort of thing. No, definitely, Andy. I think you're right. And I think over the last year, the message has always been very clear that we're an open book. Anything you want to bring to the table, please bring to the table. No idea is a bad idea at this football club, none. And even when we make controversial changes or ideas, we're there to explain them. And... And, and give it the best the best and transparent reason for why we're doing certain things and and if even if it's not liked in that way at least we've been honest and open with with the supporters on why we're trying to do something for a right reason as such and and so far in the last year the team has grown we've brought a few more directors on but more importantly we've brought on a hell of a lot more volunteers and what's really amazed me in this last this season going into the season is the supports club how that's changed how that's um, become even more ingrained it's still independent but ingrained into the football club so there's all you know with regards to adam shana kev george and, and and pretty much everyone in that supports club who runs it it's so much more engaging and there's no door shut for them if there's a question or they want to do something they ask and we try and accommodate as best as we can. And those guys help out. And a lot of unsung heroes. Like Adam's a real unsung hero, really. Let's be honest. Okay, he's a chairman of the supporters club. But how Adam helped Sam with the bar, how Adam will stay behind and help me and Dane put up the big sign at the front of the gate. You know, the big fixtures board that's now been put up. That was put up by me, Dane and Adam. You know, mm-hmm. the same night, me, Adam, Dane, Dane and Sam were walking around the ground, um, putting up, covering up the old badge with the new vinyl of the new badge on, on certain boards and stuff. And I'm talking at eight, nine o'clock on a Friday night. That's, that is unsung hero stuff. And there's, there's so many more people, for example, Wayne Southby and, and, and Rob and, you know, these guys that absolutely live and breathe the football club and the jobs they do. Some people will be, ignorant and arrogant to the fact and go oh well it's not a big job but the fact that Wayne comes in before a match day in the morning my had so he normally gets there around 10 o'clock so I always on match day I go up to the ground in the morning looking as casual as I look today and then I go away and I come back right <laughs> and and I'll tell you what Wayne's there every morning and he's there cleaning up mess that other people won't clear up it's as simple as that and Gary Hiss did and Gary's sister and people Genuinely, people are there and want to help and do the, and not always looking for praise. And we'll just do the, the, the what would be considered the, the smallest jobs to some, but for me, it's the largest. Ooh. The fact that they do those things means that we open on Saturday. It's, it's yeah. amazing. So, no, the, the, the supporter and the volunteer base has grown, but I think it's grown because we actually bloody 
give a shit about supporters. We genuinely do. We give a shit about. We really love interacting and love spending time with the supporters. Mm. And if we can have a have a beer or have a bit of a laugh while we're weeding in you know in the summer, even better. It's a time for us all to get together, and it's been great. Great. Well, thanks for that, Billy. Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. The Kev Town has joined us. Uh, and, uh, hello, mate. Uh, hello. Uh, it's an Ask Billy moment, Kev. Have you got anything off the off the cuff? Well, I know I've just been listening to what 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 Billy's been saying, and and uh, to some degree what Andy have been saying, and I think I just think it's important that we do recognise that we're in different demographics demographics. Um, within the supporters and some of our most um, loyal supporters are all of that that older generation and I think you know we do need to find a way to muni- communicate with them in the same way if we were asked for example it might seem a banal example but from my background as a disabled person um, if we were asked for example to provide information in braille or 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 uh, in some recorded form, you know. I think I think it is a legitimate concern, and uh, and we certainly don't want to risk losing any of that that uh, that grassroots support. No, you're right, Kev. I think I think all age. I think the support base has got a lot younger in the last year. It's quite scary to see the amount of teenagers that are coming to Hastings United now. It's I'm quite like, I'm shocked it's happened so quick. I thought it would take take years to, to start bringing the kids through the gate again, yeah. but it's happening. And, but with that, you don't lose the sight of the, the supporters that have been there through thick and thin, through relegations, through triumphs, tribulations, changes of chairman, changes of owner. You don't, don't forget them. Then they're the great people that teach me the stories and stuff that I don't know. So they're the ones that I'll go and sit with, for example, like, you know, Wendy's dad, who you know, passed away, people like that, that, will give you stories that you have a clue of, like pers- from my point of view, personally, right? And it is tough. Like ha- um, Harry Eslett um, Aslett and Steve, Steve's a bit yeah. more internet savvy, let's just say, but Harry, Harry's not. Harry, bless him. Yeah, and, and, but I've got a rapport with Harry as I would with a teenage fan. And I think the difference is Harry knows that the door of the office is always open and Harry will pop in and see me. And so will others. So so will many others. And you know, and that's the thing that people don't realise is is what happens in the week at Hastings. I get so many people popping the door just for a chat. If the gates are, I always say to people, if the gates are open, come in, come and have a chat. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. If, if One I'm of there, the things that has interested me has been um, the development of the website, and I think you touched on it just as I was mm-hmm. tuning in. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting, I mentioned this to Shana um, the other day. There were parts of the old website that I was no fan of by any means. But um, beyond actually showing us, unless it's the way I'm navigating the site, um, beyond actually showing us um, goals from other games and things like that, I feel we're missing quite a bit of a core of the information that, that, that you would expect a website to be putting out about the club. The Hastings United... You got any thoughts on that? Or is, is it just a question of development? It's just a question of development. It's literally, if you look at it now, week to week, there's little things that get added and different and things get added yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. Um, the truth of the matter is, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and bullshit. It's not been the smoothest 
through the strand driver at all. But what we had to do is we had to get out the old one for the sake yeah. of cost enough probably what we would ever get in a fee for Adam Lovett. So uh, we, had to get out, we had to get out of it and, and move on. And, and it's the age of a website's changing a lot. So whilst there's... You know, I suppose I'm thinking about things like, you know, the, 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 you would have seen on the website traditionally like, uh, like uh, the, the the league standings and you know and things like that. Really, I know oh. that's that's slightly coloured by lockdown, which we hope will be ending again soon. I think um, is the, the table thing, and I, I explained it a little bit about the fixtures. It's similar to the table, so that it should it used to be linked to the Ishman League website, but the way the the coding is, it doesn't work. So it needs. To oh, okay, thanks. Uh, that's but, interesting. So that will change, and the same for the women's. Um, the women's will change as well. That will all be updated, and and play like you know players aren't even like the players are on there now, but everything else isn't. So all that will change. Um, the contact information is there, but there should be more. Um, Scott White's photos will be going up, like news. But the 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 aim of a website or or what the website used to do it has changed a lot because I think the club was the club wasn't a very much a social media club. So the club never really, back in the day, I say back in the day, it's only, I've only been here what, 14 months now, but the club really wasn't engaged in social media as much. If you see the, how the club... Yeah. You know, for example, the fact that we've gone, we're over 10,000 followers now on, on Twitter, um, 6,000 just about to hit on Facebook. And it, the Instagram page which has been done in the last eight months. We're about to hit 1,600. We'll be on 2,000 by the years out because it's moving at such a rate every day. Those little things, I think, they're your direct communications in 2020. If, for example, you want news this day and age, you don't normally get it by turning on 101 and hoping that 7 o'clock news is coming on or the 10 o'clock news is coming on. You're getting it on your phone instantly. That's how social media has, has developed. It's your, your source of information, direct like straight straight into the veins, I should say, and that's that's what our our Facebook, Twitter, and, and Instagram are becoming. Whether it's a goal right now, we've got no real news. So today we put out a goal from Molly Hill from from our women's team. Tomorrow there may be a picture of Sammy Adams. That you know there might be a, a, a poll a day later talking about what's going on, or there might be a news article. The FA might release the regulations on how we're going to come back. The Ishman League might actually pull their finger out their ass and tell us what's happening. You know, it's <laughs> it's those little things might happen. And then as soon as we get that news, it's boom, we, we whack it out. Yeah. I might do a nice little graphic with it as well. But I think like team sheets and stuff like that, it's all it's all been done online a lot better now this like in the last year because we want to have that feel of a professional club. And I feel like we're we're there now, in that sense that we feel we feel like we're we're a brand. Yeah, um, I'd also like to see things like the plans for the new stadium on there, so that people can actually look at them in a slightly more accessible way. Well, there is a website. There is a website, and it's it's on on every single one of our social media accounts. The Tolkien Park, footballpark.com website is on there. So if anyone wants to look at that, they can. And we do we do try and put that out as much as possible to people so people can see it. Um, it's something that 
and we could talk about the the new ground in a bit. Definitely, I think it'd be very good to to chat about. But um, I think you're right in the website. I, I by the way, I'm no fan of it at the moment. But I know that we're going to go through a process. <laughs> we're probably going to go through a process over this season to to tweak it. Um, be questioned by the Ishman League about why we've got why we've not got X Y Z on there that we're going to have to tweak and change again, um, as as they do with their sponsors. And it will just be a it'll be a um, a process and a process that's not not by any means fun, but we have to do it and we will do it. But on the website, I want everyone to bear with us. We're still available on email, phone, and also media site. So if anyone's lacking information, they can contact us no matter what. Cheers, that Bill. I have I have John Wills on here, but he's quiet, so he's obviously muted himself. I'm not sure to try and bring him in. John, can you are you hear there? Me? I can, can hear you. you yeah, yes, Billy's here. Yeah, we we understand you're dogging somewhere. Could you explain <laughs> yourself? Yeah, halfway to Canterbury okay, in a McDonald's car park. Oh, wow! Well, <laughs> oh, you John, are you by that one with the roundabout off the roundabout? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, I used to do that trip to Canterbury a lot. I used to go to university there. Oh, okay. Yeah, my son's at Canterbury Uni. So, John, yeah. anything to ask Billy? Um, I was just saying, it's interesting uh, to hear about the modernisation of the club. But I mean, I think the real, the real modernisation, which has was has brought uh, so much enthusiasm in, is with regard to the football, the coaching, the squad, and everything. Definitely. Um, and that that's fantastic. And I I think it's. It's just a matter of how you keep that momentum going, really. And that's, that's the big challenge, isn't it? Keeping the best staff, the best players. And, and, I knew he'd uh, go there. I knew he'd go there, Billy. What do you mean, keep the best staff? <laughs> what do you What's mean, that? keep the best staff? Is this, you, need him to, you want him to go, do you? Who? Who? Aggie. You, you, this is the Aggie out stuff again. Oh, I thought we were on to Billy out at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be long. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, I think what's really working well at the moment is this feeling that this family feeling, which I know has been touched upon, but it's just, you know, even with the trouble at the Ashford game, yeah. the, the players out um, out concern and the management and you were there, Billy, you know, it's all concerned with what's going on and, and all rushed over. I yeah, don't know why the, the Ashford lot were there, but but anyway, it's 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 that sort of feeling that is, I think, bringing more people into the club. I don't. I'm meant to be asking a question, really, here, aren't I? But well, I, I started I just intervening. Wondered, sorry, yeah, sorry, well, I wondered, John, it's my I wondered, fault. Billy, in the question, I think. I, I wondered whether you know um, when it comes to, say, for instance, the squad. What? What's the tactic to keep the good players together? And when there's obviously a lot of competition, as we've seen with the, the players we, we said goodbye to last season, the quality players, what's the, the tactic from here on, would you say? I think when it comes to players, like from the young players up, I think it's about people buying into what Hastings United is about. And, and whilst that is set by, on a, on a footballing side, set by... Your management team. I think that the thing that's working with the club at the moment is myself, Chris, and the coaching staff, um, and all the admin staff behind the scenes. 
we have the same philosophies, not just on 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 football, but on culture and, and what winning means and, and what you need to do to win and about going that extra mile and and doing those things. So I think it's really about number one, the longest the, the thing about football is success does bring interest and interest will naturally take people away from a club and certain people will grow faster than our football club will. So whilst we have every ambition in the world to be a national league team as soon as possible, we still have to go through a season by season to get to wherever we need to get to. So we can't, can't fast forward and get there quicker than, than some players will or some coaches will or a manager will. So for example, we should have won the league last year. We should have gone up. We should be in the Ishman Prem this year. If we were in Ishman Prem this year, do we, does a Daniel Ajakai, who's on the bench in the National League South Club, not playing any minutes, does a, does a Daniel Ajakai um, go? He, who went with a heavy heart? Let's just be, let's be frank. It's not someone who left the club because he was desperate to get out the door. Daniel was, Daniel was still playing pre-season games when he didn't have to, right? So you've got to ask yourself that question. You then got to ask yourself the question, if we're one step ahead on the curve and we were in Ishman Prem, what would our goal been this year? And if anyone believed that we would have gone up and settled for mid-table, this you support the wrong club because that's not that's not the Hastings United mentality anymore. Like we, Whatever we're in, we want to win, whatever we're in. So we would have set ourselves up and gone for it in the Prem this year, which then if we were successful, we would be in the National League South. Okay. Now, it's no secret that Chris Agatha's contract is up this year, right? No secret, okay? However, that being the case, you have to look at the, the process of where the club's going and what the club wants to be, and does Chris buy into that? And is Chris a, a major part of, of that culture? And the truth of the matter is he is. And do we, as a football club, want to keep Chris Agatha at the football club? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And Chris has been offered terms to stay at the football club. That's as simple as that. Now, you go from Chris and you talk about the players. How do you keep the players here? And I think it's they've got to buy into what we're doing. Um, we have to make sure that we contractually keep our assets and we're in no rush to sell or rush people out the door. But we also, at the same time, we won't stand in the way of progress. So if a real great opportunity for a, club, for a player comes in to go and play for a professional football club at a, a real elite standard, not the elite bracket, if anyone watched some of the games in the National <laughs> League South at the weekend, then you, you kind of let them do it. And you, you, they go with your blessing as long as the club isn't treated like a doormat. Like Hastings won't be treated like that because we don't need to be. But at the same time, we respect ambition and we back ambition because if we don't back ambition, then why are we doing what we are doing to be at that level because we are ambitious so players will go come and go but it's down to us to keep the culture right make sure that anyone walking out that door that we replace not like for like because I don't think anyone's like for like I don't actually believe in that but I believe in having the right personalities and people and mentality about what they're why are they at the football club what are they trying to achieve and that can be from a coaching point of view to a player's point of view to even a to be honest, even a volunteer's point of view, you still got to buy into what we're doing. We we go, we always travel, like and Ryan's on it, so Ryan can can kind of back it up. But 
from even from the volunteer point of view, okay, it's not about money at the football club. It's about mentality. And it's about buying into that. What, when we go away, how do we hold ourselves? How do we treat, how, how do we operate in them grounds? For example, our fans, home and away, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Passionate, loud. I don't mind the swearing personally. Some others do, but it's... <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> Robbie. Uh, I comment. But, you know, I love the passion and it drives me. Like, I love sitting there and hearing the support. It, it's the best, best thing. And I always listen out and wait for the drum. Like, like, and when I don't hear it for a little bit, I get, come on, get the drum going, lads. Come on. Like, I, I'm like that as a, as a director. But, and, then, and would you say it's part of the package, isn't it? Because oh, yeah. um, if you were a player, a decent player, and you, you had a choice of clubs, you, you know, the downside would be we're right on the coast. We're maybe, for some people, a bit out of the way you know, for training, for matches, things like that. But I think that this um, enthusiasm that runs through the club with the supporters means it's an, an attractive part of the, the overall package, isn't it? You know, yeah. if you're running out in front of a bumper crowd of 86 people sort of for your home games, um, but, but then you see the, the kind of relationship and the accolade the players get at the pilot field, you're... It's part of the decision, decision oh, making, isn't it? I think I think the players love playing in front of our supporters, home like home and away. They always know we're going to take a big crowd away, and they know it. The lads know it, and it's great for them to to feel that. But at home, you you don't have to look at it. You know when when David scored his first goal back, the react the the, the, the loud cheer. Imagine if we had what we should have had at that game. Imagine if we had 800 there. Imagine if when we played Whitehawk, we had 1,200 in. You know, which, is, which, by the way, with all the stats, looking at the stats of, of the interaction of the club and the way the club's going, that's, that's, without lockdown, that's plausible that we would have 1,000 people at every single game this season. Yeah. And as a player, that's, that's what you want. And, and a lot of the, the girls play, the girls, the women, shall I say, the women's team, a lot of them say they've never played in crowds as, as big as they have for Hastings United. And we're at the bottom step of women's football looking to, to climb that pyramid. And, you know, you're getting 150, 200 people turning up. And some of the girls are absolutely shocked. And some of them have played at decent standards. Sophie Reid was captain of West Ham. And she is amazed by the amount of crowd, about, about the crowds that we get. So when you look at, the overall package for a player, why wouldn't you want to play Facing United? If you want to, we are the, I believe, we're the most attractive op, um, proposition in East Sussex, regardless. And I think we are the most, one of the most attractive op, um, propositions in Sussex. And I genuinely believe that. And if you're a Kent football player, you'd want to travel to Hastings too. It's the club that people will want to either be part of, or people are even going to want to be part of Hastings or they're going to really, really hate Hastings. There's no middle ground with Hastings anymore. And that's the sign of a successful football club. No, just the last point. I just think there's such a fantastic potential for a big following here. You know, I know it was the glamour of the FA Cup. It brought people out. But it was still 1,068 people travelled all the way to Middlesbrough. You know, which to me just showed if you can get it right, like is being done at the moment that's that's a colossal amount of away supporters it 
I think he was only bettered by Leeds, Middlesbrough said, um, that season. So, uh, I mean, that's exciting times, you know, once we get rid of this restriction, I think we'll really see where we're heading uh, and it'll be quite a dramatic climb. The difference with that, John, I think, the FA Cup run, of course, brought a certain level of interest. It's great. And that was amazing to see. Referee! I couldn't even get a ticket for that game. And for the... for the go. Um, go. <laughs> oh, fuck off, Rhett. I mean, bother. There you go. There's Robbie's <laughs> thing. There's his contribution. <laughs> so, Thanks for that, Robbie. <laughs> Thank you. Last man, the ref books him. So, yeah, regarding regard the FA Cup run, and it, it, it showed that there could be interest. But the problem with that was it was one game. So, if you look at the... It was attendance after the FA Cup third round and the level of attendance going into the end of that season and that relegation is actually I, I, from a marketing background or you know from a promotions background understanding the connectivity of, of, of fans music fans I should say to music artists to lose that amount of um, potential following that quickly is that that was that for me was a massive showed where not where the club was but it was a day-to-day thing I think now we looked at it when I looked at the club about coming in and I spoke to Darren and Peter and and said why I would come in and what we would do it was always a roadmap it was a roadmap a three-year roadmap of where we how we in, integrate ourselves into the into the town this time round, I genuinely believe we're actually getting into the town so it's not a case that We've had success and, oh, yeah, everyone come in. We are winning games, which is attractive to anyone, and it's a great marketing tool to use. But we've got a much, much bigger academy now. So when I came in, we had an academy from 13s, 14s, 15s, and 16s. Now we have academy all the way down to – we have 8s, 9s, 10s, 11s, all the way up to 18s, and we have a pre-academy as well. That's for free of charge for kids between 3 and 6. And we're inviting all those in. They're all wearing Hastings United stuff. They're all in the Hastings United tops and you know buying you know buying the tops or buying the, the you know the, the home jersey. You're seeing um, the 18 to 25 demographic buying into Hastings United as as somewhere to go for a beer and have a little shout behind the goal because you watch that Robbie you know Robbie and, and the lads there and Kev and everyone have been there behind the goal for ages but that's swollen you know that's swollen from from a hand. Oh, yeah. So the whole, whole, you know, before pre-lockdown, um, it was the whole of the back of the Cole Warren and the side outside of the Cole Warren on, behind the goal was packed for games. And it started and it become a thing. And that for me is, is the change is that it's not been one game. It's been it's been a culture change in the town. That's what I talk about. And I think we score because Robbie's standing up. Have we, no, Robbie? It's got, no. be, it's got to be a penalty. It's got to be a penalty. He's on no. delay. He's on delay. I am. <laughs> well, it's generally, the box. it's outside the box. Um, <laughs> yeah, you need put, put put more fifty p's in your telly, mate. <laughs> so you know that change in being a little bit more connected in the sense that we're we're not stopping at one thing or or having jumping on off on the bandwagon oh. ride. We need success, and it's going to take time. But with that, we've ingrained ourselves in the community, and I think. The difference is you've got so many more people loving Hastings now than, than they, on, a re, on a regular basis and talking about Hastings than you probably, we've probably ever had in this town. Um, but we've also probably got more people trying to snipe at what we're doing. And that's, and that's part of parcel, parcel, by the way, because when you grow, 
if there's not people sniping at you, you're not growing. If your little old Hastings ticking along and trugging along and sticking in step four football and getting in the playoffs and hoping for the best. Yeah, who'd waste their breath? Yeah, exactly. But now, we're oh my God, Hastings genuinely might rock it. That club might rock it. And and what they're saying, they're actually doing. And oh, oh, oh hold on a minute. This, this doesn't happen in Hastings. And that's the difference now. And that's led by... By the supporters, I, I genuinely think I think the atmosphere you create in the ground it attracts is attracting more and more fans, and I think that's why we can put up those great pictures of Ben Pope celebrating and the goal being packed, and that's why we can talk about twelve hundred people at, at versus Ashford in February. You know, not a season decider in February, right? And that's because the support is so strong now, and we have to, we have to, all of us from supporters, volunteers board members, players, definitely Aggie and the coaches, we we'll have to pat ourselves on the back a little bit and say that we've really like, we've really embraced um, this Hastings mentality and we're all part of it. I think there is an opportunity. It's interesting that it's coinciding with a certain um, increase. I don't know, I get a feeling of an increase in civic pride generally in the town. I think so. It might be. So there's quite a good feel generally about the town and the club, certainly part of that. I mean, Word gets around, doesn't it? And there are lots of people. You've got to be proud of it. Like, I think yeah, yeah. Proud of the town. And, I, and I'll say, it took, me and Darren were talking about it the other day, and we were talking about the, the new ground, and we were talking about just Hastings. And, and he said to me, he said, look, I know you're really, really passionate and proud of, of Hastings as a town. And I, I always talk about Hastings, how much I love Hastings, but I genuinely do. And I think more and more people are being a bit more open about that. I think for many, many years... Because Hastings used to be a little bit shit on reputation-wise, less and less people were, were proud of it or, or wouldn't say where they're from. So, if you used to go out on a night in Brighton, you wouldn't say you're from Hastings because you wouldn't get in the bar, right? So, it, it's things like that that have changed. And I think we should be proud of this town. This town has a great, diverse community in arts, entertainment, construction, so many areas. It's so diverse and, and, and interesting. For me, being in the music industry, working in London, Monday to Friday, and coming back to Hastings like I would, and be able to go into a, my local boozer and, and, and it being low-key and, and just being with my mates was my solace away from a, a, a very hectic business, limelight business, let's just say. And that was Hastings for me. And I was always proud of that fact, that Hastings you go to and you could, and anyone anyone could be anyone you'll be accepted that was the beauty of Hastings and now with a little bit more investment and an in, in influx of of new ideas and quirky ideas and the fact that the quirkiness of 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 Norman Road with the art galleries or the old town has been accepted and been you know what's the word emphasized a little bit more in what the well, town it's become it's become a selling point if you yeah. would you believe in the times in the ta Sunday Times, a couple of weeks ago, they had a, a let's move to, and they had St. Leonard's in the Sunday Times, and they used a picture of King's Road, you know, going up to the Warrior Square station. Yeah. As a way of illustrating Hastings to the Times readership. Can you imagine five years ago using a picture of King's Road as a way of illustrating astronomical some of the change i know some people complain about the sort of down from london type thing but but it's sort of <laughs> it's sort of at the moment it feels quite well balanced and and the football club can be 
a real part of that. And I think the thing that it is a, becoming a cool place, I've seen groups of kids going there to get together, and particularly during things like the COVID times and that, mm. you suddenly get the feeling, hang on, they're, they're using this as a place to hang out and enjoy the football. And that's, you think, that's got to be a bloody good thing rather than mooching up and down Robertson Street or something. Well, selling, we sold in excess of over 100, 100 replica shirts. Yeah. Right, okay, so when I came in, I, I was like, right, okay, how many, how many replicas have we sold? Well, we, we've got X amount in stock. I don't know how many we sold. Oh, I don't know, 11. I was like, oh, okay, why? Well, how much are they? 50 quid. <laughs> what? I was like, what? 50 pounds? <laughs> like, yeah, they're 50 quid. I was like, not in a million years. I said, you're never going to sell them like that. So we slashed the price of them down to 25 because I knew we were going to change the shirts to a new, I knew, I said in the first meeting, we're going back to Claret, Claret and Blue, which we've got, we haven't got much blue in the, the home shirt, but we have got a lot of blue in the away shirt and a lot of blue in the away shirt. <laughs> and we've tried the blue shorts as well, which is a nice combo. But mm, that was actually, I knew that we were going to be changing shirt. So we, and I knew that we already paid for this stock. Okay. So but I knew it would sit there for ages. So we reduced it and we sold a few more. Um, and then, and then we, I don't think we had anything left by the end because we reduced it to like five quid or whatever. But I think it shocked me. And it really, really shocked me that the club had 47 season tickets sold or something like 37. I can't remember the figure previously. And that we've done the, the sheer volume that we've done this year, right? It blows my mind, but it shows the connectivity that you can. This town can connect to this football club. And it will connect to this football club. And Chance. people will come and have a, it. It's a social. It's not just the 90 minutes. It's, well, it's definitely not the 90 minutes for, for Robbie and George and everyone to get there at 11. But it's, it's the day. It's, it's seeing your pals. It's, it's hanging out. It's, it's playing a bit of pool. It's having a few beers. It's having a sing song. It's chatting to, you know, it's chatting to the lads. You know, after the, uh, you know, before COVID, coming to the, you know, after the game going to the bar, they have their food in the bar, the lads would chat and mingle with the fans and, and talk about the game. And, and that, was, that was the beauty of it, you know. And we've lost a little bit of that with COVID, but I think people are understanding. So we make up for it in other areas. So no matter what, as soon as that final whistle blows, the support and um, the players are straight over to supporters all the time, right? And they, you know, they miss going into the bar and having their food in the bar. Massively miss it. But if they went in there, none of you lot would be allowed in there because it'd be over capacity. So we don't put them in there for that reason now, um, because we don't want to take take that opportunity for you lot to to socialise after a game at, at the pilot bar. But hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be back doing that again. And it's important for us that we have that connectivity and and whatnot. So. I think it comes down to a bit of pride. I think the players are buying into that pride. When you've got, when you've got veterans like Gary Elphick fully brought into what Hastings is about, uh, you know, in his last knockings of his career, he doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to be. He can, he can pick up a payday, head the ball, do what he does best, keep clean sheets wherever he goes. But he doesn't. He's brought into Hastings. He really, really loves the club, like genuinely loves the club. And you get that from someone, you know, someone at the end of their career it's only going to filter down across across the board. When you've got a club legend like Sammy Adams approaching 600 games to the football club, it's, a, it's the right message. That's what's beautiful about Hastings United. It's not just 11 lads thrown together. 
it's a team of stability, sustainability as well. This team could compete at a league above and probably could compete at a league above that. That's what I sit there and feel so fortunate about, but we all should. We are fortunate to have the team that we have, the players that we have coming through, the Tom Chalmers, the Ben Wards, the next levels from that, you, you know, your Harvey Greggs and your Alfie Peacocks. The, you know, we should be very fortunate that we've got these kids coming through too who will wear that badge with pride because they're Hastings lads. Very good, Billy. You're saying all the right things, mate. <laughs> you are. We all need like suspense and awe. <laughs> <you know? laughs> By the way, because I know a few of the St. Leonard crowd, what you need to do is you need to sell flat whites. If you sell flat white uh, in the coffee bar, they yeah. come They come like zombies. Yeah, they come like zombies. When well, we open up that new bistro, I don't know if yeah. anyone saw the new container that arrived a couple of weeks ago. You know, I might, I might turn that into a little yeah. coffee <laughs> Right on the end of the bus route for us, St. Leonard's, because we're on the 20 bus route. So it's um, it's a place we go over to a lot. And it is, it is a, it is a, I don't know, it's, yeah, it's sort of a certain certain type of Hastings, isn't it? And, uh, yeah. So, Andy, Andy, just tell me, do you drink a flat white? That's all I need to know. No, about. I don't drink a flat white. Oh, don't you? All oh, right, okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah I'm, I'm very much a no milk man. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm espresso myself. So I have, right. So, yeah, yeah, can't be a mocker. <laughs> I tell you what, what would go nice with those flat whites is can we start some Mars bars in batter? <laughs> oh, no, you really don't I mean, want to do that. No, you really don't want to do that to the crowd. Well, <laughs> we might change up our offering soon. You know, you might start getting halloumi burgers and stuff oh, like there that. You go. <laughs> no, oh, yes, please. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Lads, I, I could see we've obviously been over an hour now. Is, is anyone want to ask Billy anything else? Because I'm sure he, he wants to get away. It is, is it worth touching briefly? Hey, on hey. Right, right, <laughs> yeah, steady on, Chris. Steady on. No touching allowed. Let me finish. <laughs> oh. <laughs> on tile, on oh. tile kiln, because um, I did go onto the I did go onto the tile kiln website, and I noticed that there was. The moment the planning thing went up there, it's quite a, a lot of the locals waded in very quickly with their objections. And uh, and I was just sort of casing the website and just wondered what the general feedback was on the plans going up and how how, how someone like Billy feels about it at the moment. Uh, I'm really, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm really excited and very positive about it. And the reason for, if you look at the open access where people can put their comments on, um, it's it's actually percentage-wise in favour. So I think there's 15 objections. Mm. I think there was a lot that went on early. Yes, um, I, those were the ones I saw, so I haven't yeah. looked since then. So just a few comments, and I think there's yeah. 15 objections, and the rest are all positive. Um, and I think... Are they definitive plans? I mean, the one thing that I was just thinking, with how fast we're moving forward and the potential in the club, to have a like a stadium that only holds just over 2000 is is to me is that really planning for for our big future i think so and i'll tell you why no one wants a 5000 or a 10000 capacity stadium built that's going to be off what's going to be 75% empty so i think the way the stadium's going to be built it's going to make it very easy for us to extend the capacity quite quickly so if, for example, we get to the promised land of League Two, it's not going to be a 2,000 capacity stadium, that's for sure, right? So of 2,000 capacity to, to start with, for me, 
I would expect it to be sold out every week mm. in National League South, National League. I expect us to do 2,000 packed through the rafters every single week, the best atmosphere in the league, everyone tight to the ground. It's not going to be one of those solar stadiums um, where it's just one big stand, stand and everything else is, is, is a load of junk. It's not going to be like that at all. It's going to be... All in, like, the plan is to have um, stands everywhere. Um, one side will be like the stand with everything in it. So with regards to the change rooms, the, the offices, the, the education classes, the, the boxes, the, the director's stuff, the bar and everything being one big stand. That's true. But the way that's done will be will mean that it's not going to be one big stand and then just free open spaces around the ground. So we understand the value of having the fans behind the goal. We also understand the value of how quick that's growing. So we'll, we'll probably replicate the Cole Warren in double the size, all right? Because it's going to need to. Then you look at the other side and it'd probably be two Cole Warrens, really, because they will be your standing, your standing stands where people will want to chant, cheer, holler, Robbie's case, swear, but you know they want to be doing what they do best. We're gonna need another drum. We probably do, but by the way, need a bigger drum. By the way, by the way, that that drum was very dusty before I turned up, so I'm glad it's out there now and again, getting its earning its stripes again. But then you also want good good acoustics. I'm really thinking you go to some of these places and you've got fencing behind the behind goal stands, and you know it's just some little thought at not too much expense about getting the acoustics behind the goal right oh 100% there's no point we have no by the way there's no ambition no ambition by this football club to move to somewhere that's got no soul none I can't I can't that, 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 that must be almost a given have you have you because yeah, it would be madness wouldn't it but um, yeah. have you uh, sort of spoken to I think Maidstone strikes me as a club that seems to have made a real go of moving to their new ground and a multi-purpose stadium and that sort of thing have you sort of spoken to some people from maybe clubs like that to get some ideas of how they did it there's been a level of consultation not just there but across the board there's been a hell of a lot of consultation by the people that are involved in this in this project but I'm a very small part of the team I, I don't want to make it sound like that I'm the, the guy doing everything. There's a great team behind this. You know, Darren Burney and Peter Sherlock are leading, leading the calls. You know, former chairman Dave Ness, David Neslin has done a hell of a lot of consulting on the plat. He was very much involved throughout and has consulted up to this point. So he's still there consulting. So there's a really good team doing this. It's apparent the way this club is and how the noise levels are massively... It's a pro for us, like, the supporters being as loud as we are is something that I encourage hugely. I really encourage the, the noise. I encourage the support and, and the passion. So us moving into a new ground and not incorporating that into a new ground would be, mm-hmm. would, it would make my job hell, <laughs> absolute hell. So all that's been, been thought about. I think with the Total Kiln Project, you've got to ask yourself, why wouldn't anyone want this to happen? Okay. There's the argument for green space. Okay. That, there's that argument there. It's for us to make sure that we are facilitating what we need to in that area to make sure that we still, there's still not only a level of access, but that things aren't just put out of the water and like, okay, we're just doing it our own way. And that's how we're doing that. The connectivity to local clubs in the area. The fact of the matter is this club has communicated. This club has offered 
to clubs that use the current facility um, at Tolkien and are local to that. Regardless of what anyone says, that's the truth. And we have. And and I'll stick to that point to the day I die. Okay. Getting the, getting the buy-in of the locals is absolutely crucial to it, isn't it? It's key. It's key yeah. for the right reasons, okay? There's going to be people that won't want it no matter what. Whether yeah, you yeah. tell them going to give them half a million quid, they wouldn't want it. Because there's always going to be some level of agenda or there's just going to be stubbornness because not, not everyone likes change. Not everyone wants change on their doorstep. Um, I saw some of them saying that suddenly the, the floodlights are going to keep them up at night or, or something mm. like that. Um, let, let's be real. That's not going to happen. They live by massive Tesco's, which has massive lights outside it. Let's, it's not, not going to change much, um, let's just say. You know, car parking. There's car parking in the ground. There's one person that said that, oh, well, will, there, will them charging for parking mean that they'll be parking in the streets? When have we ever said we're going to charge for parking? It's that's <laughs> the point. We need parking. Yeah, it's not the NHS, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, as someone like- as someone who's travelled quite extensively with the club over the years, and as a wheelchair user, um, I've often it is no secret. I've often said that uh, I think that the pilot field is one of the most accessible grounds I've ever been to. And I hope we keep that up with the new ground. I've looked briefly at, at the plans, but I could really do with downloading them, printing them off and having a proper look. But um, uh, you'd also know that what I do say about the pilot field, of course, is you can only go behind one goal. And the reason I mention that is because in some of the grounds that I've been to, you know, some of the places where they put the wheelchair spaces are just ridiculous. Mm. And you really don't get a very good... Uh, view of the game so i hope we do get that balance right um um you know kev obviously one of our prominent supporters well regardless of that fact but you are one of our prominent supporters and access is, is going to be vital across, across the ground so it's not going to be somewhere where there's going to be restrictions where you can't get to a, a to b or get round to behind the goal or, or, or do what you or do what you do best right that will not happen i think it's important to understand that with the football club the way it is and the way we are growing, the amount of jobs, the amount of um, local attention it will bring, the amount of interest it will bring to the town and to the area, the amount of, of pride it should bring to the area, which surprises me why anyone would not want it because it's going to, for the next generation, for kids and for other sporting areas and for educational facilities and for gym and stuff like that, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge for, for, for the club, not just the club, but actually the town to be able to have a space where our facilities have been poor. For the last 30 to 20, well, 25 to 30 years, Hastings sporting facilities have declined. Hastings sporting facilities, especially in football, have got worse. You've had, there's a lot of pitches that aren't maintained to the level they should be maintained. There's a lot of facilities that have disappeared or not been maintained to the level that they should and have fallen way behind um, the level they should be at. Why wouldn't anyone want this? And if any, if the reason is because they don't want Hastings to succeed, right, then in my opinion, their point is irrelevant um, because it's not about Hastings United. This is about this town actually having something to be proud of and allowing that growth to happen and allowing kids yeah. to go 
and allowing their allowing education facilities to be better in Hastings and allowing an area that has been deprived have facilities that are feasible financially for them to use. I'm just speaking as um, probably someone with a few dinosaur tendencies. I think it's because I've been going to the pilot field since um, mid 70s. So you've got all that nostalgia there. My only thing that's been nagging away at me, what if you were to plough seven to 10 million into doing up the pilot field site, you, you know, you, you could move the pitch across under the stand, you, you could re, rebuild it. This is just, I suppose, a bit of devil's advocacy, but something that I've thought about. It's, it's such, got such tradition and, um, for a lot, of, a lot of people there. I know we're moving into a new age and things like that, but has that been kind of thought about in depth with the decision to, for the tile kiln, would you say, Billy? The financial implications to be able to do what we need to do makes that impossible. The, you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to pump that level of money in to to regenerate in the pilot field without, to be honest, without the schemes working in the way they're going to work. It just wouldn't happen. There's there's a reason why we need to move um, the the grounds. Year on year, it's costing an absolute arm and leg. I was shocked coming in how much it costs to keep to just maintain. Not even, <laughs> doesn't even. We might have painted a few more lines around the place, and 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 Sam's wrote Hastings United on top of the stand and whatnot, and a couple of licks of paint. But the main the maintenance cost of that ground gets worse every year. Um, the 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 main stand, we are probably in the last ten years of that main stand let's just say, without some significant six-figure investment, just in that alone, um, which isn't feasible. And to spend millions rejuvenating the pilot field wouldn't be able to happen without, this, without a scheme like this. Are they going to turn the, the stand and the pitch into like a hybrid thing with flats? Well, the, the pilot That's field... I'm only joking. There's going to be 86 no. houses there, isn't there? Yeah. But... yeah. <laughs> it would be nice, wouldn't it, to still keep that, but unfortunately not. Different. It would be different. I don't know how that would go in Hastings, but it's quite interesting. <laughs> uh, history, think... history of the club doesn't disappear, John. The history of the club is still there. And you just think... It is, yeah. You just have to think of it as a new... It's a, I mean, a, a new... It's just a new chapter, isn't it? If, it? if it comes to fruition, it's just a it's just a new chapter. That history doesn't really go away. And I'm speaking as a bit of a Johnny come lately, so easier for me maybe. But um, but lots yeah, I'm of the same. Well, yeah. I'm I'm quite looking forward to the last ever game at the pilot field because if it ain't nailed down, I'm having it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to make sure you go away with a stretch of grass. Right. Put a wheel clamp on him. Put a wheel clamp on him. <laughs> It's funny you should say that because lots of premiership teams and well, all the bigger clubs that when they've moved from old grounds, they've made a ton of money by auctioning off bits from the old grounds. Simon Ruckins, an idea for you, Billy. I've got made of it though. I'm going to Simon Ruckins turf. Yeah, yeah. People did though. People bought the centre spot and things like that. Yeah, it'll be that. Everyone can have their seat at the old stand. Someone can have the bench. Um, from the old stand, um, who wants to take the Carl Warren stand home? 
Kev? Oh, absolutely, I might, mate. Absolutely. Might, That's going in my garden. <laughs> I might put a bid in for... I think there's a, a crush barrier that's stained with Ashford beer that I might put a bid in for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Billy, listen, thanks a lot for your time, mate. No, and I, mean, yeah, I mean, unless... Has anyone got anything else more to add? Otherwise, we'll... Uh... Uh, it's been a blast. No, but, yeah. no. That's I really think good. For everything. Can I have a go in your car sometime? <laughs> you, may, you may at some point. I do feel a bit pretentious driving in on it, I'll be honest. I feel, I don't you know. love it, Billy. Get out. <laughs> no, that's... Get out, mate. He loves don't, it. But don't worry about a Porsche or two. Are you, are you serious? Are you serious? You, didn't, you, didn't, you never saw Walter's car, did you? <laughs> Talking of cars, I, I'm sitting here in McDonald's car park and dogging. the police the police have driven around three times i think they've got their dogging squad out something to eat now Go if they flash you three times you've got to flash back <laughs> what am i flashing voice of experience there adam oh yeah of course <laughs> with me in the white not gonna be flashing anyone <laughs> No, listen, thanks, Billy. And, and listen, if you, if you ever feel like coming on again, we'd love, you, love to have you on. So, I'll do, um, you know, I think if I come on a few times just now and then to keep you guys updated, yeah. I'm all for that. It's, it's, it's as fun for me as it is for you guys, that's for sure. Oh, great. Okay, yeah, well, listen. Thanks, Billy. Have a nice evening. Whatever's left, and same to you, Billy. See you then. And that's it for another week, Hastings fans. Another week waiting for our football team to return. Hopefully soon, but fret not. Sussex by the Sea podcast will be back next Thursday regardless. So why not get involved, Hastings fans, be it feedback or ideas, or even part of our fan roundtable. The email is as ever, hufcpod at gmail.com, and the Twitter is at hufcpodcast. All that's left for me to say is, I've been your host, Chris Laverick. Hope you have a good week, and see you at the game. Or in Audi, or the park, whatever's first. Sussex by the sea. Sussex by the sea. Sussex by the sea. You can tell them.